This podcast is hosted by RPP. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. Let it be known by the people. I have just pressed record. All right. Thank God we didn't go through this whole thing. <laughs> I would have I would have hung up. I would have been like, nah. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> I'm going to go back to knitting. Don't even, don't talk to me. I guess okay. that means we've already started the episode. Hey, guys, I'm Gemma. I'm Esther. And you are listening to I think my fridge. No. Wait. No, TV. TV is haunted. <laughs> oh, we got so Our many producer's shaking now. her head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. welcome back, everybody. Um, hopefully you're enjoying Penny Dreadful City of Angels because that is the reason we are here. Uh, yeah. If you've just stumbled onto this episode, this is a spin-off from our usual podcast i think my fridge is haunted and in that podcast we uh talk about true crime we talk about spooky stories talk about cryptids talk about ufos all the weird stuff and um some pretty cool survival stories as well uh but in this one we're just talking about penny dreadful we're up to episode three and let it be known it's uh penny dreadful city of angels not the original penny dreadful not the original make that very clear so how did you feel about this episode oh okay i was bored shitless up until the last like 10 minutes well this this you'll know why well yeah i know well as soon as i saw i was like oh esther's gonna love this (laughs) i'm done i was like i was getting so frustrated with the episode and then when she came on screen i've I could marry her. You, you fell off. I'm your, in love. You fell off your sofa. I fell off my sofa. <laughs> You're I like... slipped right off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I actually really like this episode. Um, obviously, super disappointed we didn't see Santa Morte because she is my favorite. Right? I could I could watch her and listen to her voice all day. Yeah, I think yeah. she's she is literally like a goddess to me. Yeah, so I was she's, super she's disappointed amazing. when we just didn't get to see her. So um, I just there's not enough spooky shit going on. I like know. It's, it's not it's nothing like the first series. I know, I know, I know. But I'm starting to let go of that disappointment because I'm actually mm. really enjoying this story and I'm I'm loving Lewis's um, side story. I love Lewis. And, oh, I, he's look, I amazing. Love, yeah, um, I love the involvement of so many different. Fucking elements, there's Nazis, there's I know, you know, everything at the moment. And the great thing about this episode, which we'll we'll go into more detail, uh, we're starting to see uh, all of the different ele- elements and the different side stories are starting to intermingle, or they're setting yeah. it up that they're going to. This episode was like it's 
it it was kind of the it clicked in finally. Yes. Like okay, now we see where this is all going. Like yep. it's all leading to one massive war zone. Yep. Yes. Like one big crazy fight's about to go down. So yep. let's start with the opening scene. Let's start with the opening scene. Do you want to go first or shall I? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so we're hit with this pretty uh, arresting scene where Lewis is inspecting the charred bodies of his friends in the morgue and there are these two bodies uh, that died in at the end of the last episode and they're just completely yep. black, blackened, charred. Um, And the coroner shows him the bullets that he took from their heads before they burned. And uh, Lewis says to him, hey, you know what, Um, can I take these and could you maybe take your wife out for a nice dinner and forget you ever saw this for, you know, a little bit? Yeah, leave it out of the coroner's report. Yeah. There were never bullets involved. And it's sad because he starts crying in the hallway. Yes. Um, And literally last night I was watching The Birdcage. (laughs) <laughs> and he just sounds like Albert crying. And oh, I was... I know, yes. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what always gets me about him is his cute eyebrows. He's so cute. He's so sweet. He's like a teddy bear I or know. a puppy dog. He so is. Um, and I love begins, Nathan Lane. He begins to pray in the hallway and he just kind of like is so emotional about losing his friend. And um, I would presume that he was praying a, a Jewish prayer. I, yeah, he's speaking something in Hebrew. I don't know. Um, but. And one question I had about this scene, why do you think he tears the collar off his jacket? I don't know. I, maybe, I thought maybe it had something to do with the war. Okay. Or like, like no, Chris is Chris shaking is, her head. Chris has got something to say. She's writing something down. Never sad. heard of that. That's yeah. really sad. Um, thanks. Okay. I definitely think we should leave that in the episode. Well, it would be helpful too, but Chris really Let's doesn't leave want. Chris no, in. no, no. Chris doesn't want her voice in, so I'm going to edit her out. Chris has just told us our producer, who always helps us out when we don't know something. Apparently, in Jewish culture, and I feel so stupid. It is customary shall we say, mm. to tear or destroy maybe, part yeah. of your clothing when you hear that somebody has passed away. I had no idea about that. No, no idea. That's amazing. So, yeah, and I was confused when I saw that and it was really, really sad. Yeah, that was fucked. So, okay, next thing. Yeah. We're back at Maria's we house. To, and we, we yep, only and saw Maria, the, like, from really far away because I really like Maria. Which I'm glad. Oh, I, I like Maria. I, I, I think needed she's a great. break from her. Okay. I needed a break. <laughs> from the drama. Or on the deck in the backyard. I'm like, please leave it at that. And, and it did. Tiago is, is sitting outside and, and he says, uh, when do you go back to work? And she says, on the weekend, because Dr. Kraft is preparing for a party. And there you go. So then it, and it then, scoops into the bedroom yeah, where Raul is recovering um, from being shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty surprised. And the little bro how, is how, sitting how there. How good he looked. Yeah, I mean, I love the I love the makeup. I loved his eye contact. Yeah, yeah. That's like all one, I kept one of his at. eyes was like it looked like his his like blood was like shot. bleeding. Like it was like really head blood. trauma, yeah, like yeah. internal head trauma, blood shit. It was great. 
Yeah, I mean, he but, had um, some bruising and stuff. It was a surprising scene. Yeah, it yeah. was a surprising scene. He's laughing with Matteo, the little brother, and Matteo is telling him all about Fly Rico and how much he admires him. He says he's smooth like Fred Astaire, and we're getting the impression that the Pachucos or the Pachuca culture, um, they're kind of on their own because Raul says, well, where were they during the shootout? Uh, yeah. And he yeah. says, well, they were probably out stealing cars when we needed the help. Yeah, and you get the vibe that the little brother, Mateo, mm-hmm. I don't, I get, it was very gay vibe. Oh, I completely. He, he's completely yeah, in love with Fly, Fly Rico, but then again, massive aren't we crush. all? <laughs> true, true. I think he defies genders, this man. He's fabulous. And he's just incredible. But, yeah, um, Mateo is a bit like. I think he's a bit starstruck. He is, because this guy is, damn, he's sexy. He's, and he's confident, and he's fun, and he's, and like, he's cool, inspiring. and he's inspiring. And he and, told the cops to piss off, yeah, and it was great. and he's just kind of like this, um, he's kind of hero to Mateo, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Mateo yeah. tells Raul that he was actually shot by Tiago, and that he yeah. wants to a- avenge Raul's shooting. Now, this surprised me. Raul mm. takes Tiago's side and tells Mateo, be kind because Tiago doesn't know what he is. He, um, and this is kind of at odds with the Raul that we saw in the first episode who was pretty heated yep. about Tiago being a cop. He, he told him, I'm not proud, uh, and he seemed very one-sided, but he seems to have developed a bit of wisdom. Yeah, I look, I didn't know what to make of that scene. I didn't know whether because he's literally been brought back from the dead, like mm. he was, he was basically dead, and now he's back home and, you know, it's all lovely and great, I thought something's wrong with him. Okay. He's not the same person. Just because it came across like he was he was so sympathetic and too happy, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. it was too romantic for me. Like, the whole scene was, was romanticised and he was such a passionate, angry character in the first two episodes and now yeah. it's like, no, love, love everyone. He's love your brother. From you know, like a loving place rather than an angry place now. Yeah, I think that anger will come, and it was hard to tell because his eyes were like so bloodshot. Mm. I couldn't tell whether there was something like whether he was angry inside. But it was, he he put it really nicely, and I absolutely loved it. He mm. said that Tiago was in hell because he doesn't know whether he's a cop or he's. Mexican. Mm-hmm. He's stuck in the middle. He has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Like he's in pain. He's in hell. I thought that was great. And I thought but, that was um, that was pretty great of him to be able to um, to recognize to recognize that. that. Yeah. So then Tiago yeah. comes in to speak to Raúl, and uh, Raúl holds Tiago's hand to his heart, which gives yep. us the impression that sort of all, all, almost like all is forgiven. I suppose. Totally. I mean, at first I thought he was going to do it and there was going to be no heartbeat or something. Like I was waiting for there to be, <laughs> yeah, Chris is nodding too. I thought Tiago would be like, I'm not reading any heartbeat. But it just seemed very, like, very lovely and romantic. Yeah, and, yeah. So that was, know, that was an interesting scene. It was. Cut to the so, gym. Cut to New the gym. Scene. Which I found funny. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Townsend is on the jiggly machine. Yeah. (laughs) 
Which, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. With, with a bit Disgusting of material. Man. Material goes around your love hand, and you just area, stand there, and your your and love hand just you. get jiggled down. The old school, like, did you the old school footage of the women in like yeah. the forties and the fifties going to the gym in heels and like. I wonder why they don't use those things anymore. Apart from being probably because they don't work. I I have no idea. Surely those things jiggling your stomach surely doesn't make you lose weight. It just makes you feel like. More jiggly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Surely it's loosening your fat. I don't know. He was very anyway, sweaty though, so something was happening. He's an overweight man. Anyway, Alex he's got a is, lot on his plate. Alex is reading out his schedule for yep. the day and uh, including a meeting that they have with the Nazis. And she mm-hmm. tells him, Sir, be cautious and behave so that the media and your enemies don't have anything to use against you. Yeah, because so, um, he's a bit flighty. This yeah, a bit jerk. flighty and he says stupid things and, you know, does stupid things. And then a lady comes in yep. called Councilwoman Beck and she tells Townsend. And I love her. She was, yeah, love. she was to the point. And she says to him, uh, she basically, I know what you're doing. I'm on to you and I know about your Nazi connections and uh, you're not naming this motorway after the any- dead cops yep. and all that. You're not bringing any Nazi racism. There's no racism. Like, how dare you build this freeway? Like, she was she was a real person. She's like, um, I'm not having your fascism in yeah in my town. She's like, cut she the was crap. The tits. And she's like, mm, yeah. it's almost like you're running for office, which he is, of course. Yeah, she's like, you are not. She literally says something like, you are not bringing a race war to. So that's LA. interesting. She'll be fun. Uh, she's, and she's then great. we come back to the theatre where Sister Molly is rehearsing for the next radio show and her mother, Adelaide, is doing paperwork in the front row and she's not really paying attention to Molly. So Molly takes the opportunity to say, well, I'm heading off for a costume fitting. And yep. then she and Adelaide exchange tense words about whether yep. she should be driven or whether she should go alone. And she says, I'm going alone. And it's then, just a costume fitting mom. And then Adelaide and nods then, to the hired goon dude and uh, he is going to follow her. Yeah. The, the security guard does a little side eye and it's like, yep, on mm-hmm. it. I'm going to follow them. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. Okay. Cut to Lewis. Lewis. He's doing his homework on the Nazis. Yep. So he's sitting in a car outside what I guess is a university. I, um, isn't it Caltech and, again? Oh, Yeah. Um, and the young guy that was in last week's episode where he, um, he's in the explosives laboratory and he's mm-hmm. having a little panic attack on the desk, he, mm-hmm. uh, Lewis approaches him and he's like, I'm a police officer, please, could you please get in my car, I'm taking down the station for some questions, you have nothing to worry about. So he, um, he puts old mate in the car and um, just drives off. Just drives off. And then we cut to another scene at the actual police station. Yep. And Tiago is doing his homework on the case. And the sergeant um, comes up and he's like, oh, I noticed it's your day off. Why don't you go home? Um, and he oh, seems wow. really nice, but I yeah, think Yeah, it seems like bullshit. he's kind of, I don't know, I kind of thought, oh. I don't trust him at all. He's like softening to Tiago a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there was one point in that scene where he's like, um, 
oh, I know what it's like to have a really horrible case. I had I had to do this case of a 12-year-old girl who had her arms and legs removed and she had um, wires holding her eyes open and he couldn't sleep at night. And I'm like, bitch, tell me more about this case. Why don't we do something like that? And then he's like, because I couldn't sleep, I drank. I think he was he was talking about drinking, either drinking or drugs. And he's like, if you he, ever need some, they're in the top yeah. cupboard of my desk. So they're sedatives. Yeah, okay. Because and that comes up again later. To me, that later. was like, right. To me, I was like, I don't really trust that if Tiago goes and takes shit out of the guy's drawer, he's probably going to like, he's trying to set him up. I don't know. I just I didn't get that, but... Uh, as this episode proved, you you have been right about a couple of things. So, <laughs> so maybe you're right. I I I got the impression. Oh, the captain's been really nice to him. He's no, offering him racist. drugs. Hurrah! It's, it's not it's not real. There's not it, it's not right. It's just no. Nah, yeah, because he was asking about his brother. He's asking like, yeah. you know, are you okay? All this bullshit. No, nah, too soon. He's just lost four police officers. Yeah. Yeah, well, Not, hmm. something's up. All right, we so, cut to TA. Well, I Hugo. just I wanted to expand a little bit on that uh, scene. Yes, because he said years ago I worked on the Florence Moore case about a girl, a twelve-year-old girl who had been murdered, her arms and legs chopped off, and her eyes propped open with yep. wires. Now, this reminded me of a case that I read about years ago, uh, and I went back and I just did a quick. Um, blurb about it. A quick couple mm. of couple of things about it. So it's actually a real case. Whoa! But the name was changed. But I managed to track it down. Uh, he used the name Florence Moore. It's actually um, a, a case that happened. It was in LA, and it was a twelve-year-old girl. You, I'm going to Google it now. It was a twelve-year-old okay. girl. And her name yep. was Marion Parker. And I just want to put a trigger warning, violence against children. So Marion Parker was kidnapped from her school in December 1927. So this is about 11 years previous to oh, when this episode. Oh, photos. So okay. she was kidnapped by 19-year-old William Edward Hickman, who, was, who told the school registrar that her father had been injured in a car accident and he needed to take his daughter. Hickman sent... Her parents three ransom notes demanding fifteen hundred dollars, and he signed them first as fate, then death, then the fox. The parents tried to deliver the ransom to Hickman, but he saw police and he left the site. So he gave them a new ransom drop-off area, where the father mm. gave the money to Hickman, like straight into his hand, because he could see his daughter sitting in the front seat of Hickman's car. Wow. Hickman took the money and as he drove away, he pushed Marion out of the car. Marion had been dead for around 20, 12 hours, according to the coroner. He had strangled her and cut her throat before proceeding to cut off her legs and arms. He then disemboweled her and stuffed her body with rags and towels. He propped what? her eyes open with wires and sat her in the passenger side of the car so that her father would think that she was alive and hand over the ransom money. Her arms and legs were found a couple of days later wrapped in newspaper in a park. A massive manhunt for Hickman ensued involving 20,000 police officers. He was shortly captured and imprisoned and he was hanged at San Quentin the following year. That's wild. So I'm not sure why they didn't use her real name. 
I don't know. It's interesting though, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, then the photos are pretty crazy. Well, maybe we'll talk about this in season three. Of, yeah, we'll actually cover the story. Yeah, I'd like to do that. there is actually more to it. Mm. So then we've got the next scene. Molly parks her lovely cream-coloured convertible and everything in her house and everything she has is cream-coloured. Uh, yep. She parks it next to a bus stop where Tiago is sitting and she's in disguise with a hat and sunglasses and she asks about his oh, brother. She looks so good. Oh, she's stunning. Uh, it's I such a nice outfit. It. It's such an – I love uh, it. Yeah. Um, she Take asks, me back to that time. <laughs> God. She asks about his brother and he tells her Raul has survived. They bond over sedatives because he tells her, oh, my captain said I should take this. And she says, oh, mm. she says, oh, this other one is better. Um, right. That's where it ties in. And then they have a conversation about her wanting to be somebody else, not Sister Molly. Yeah. So yeah. we go back to Lewis and he's driven the kid up to the clifftop and beats him up and he throws him mm. on the floor and kicks him in the face. And he tells him, give up all the information you know about the Nazis. And the kid says, have you ever heard of a man named Werner von Braun? And that's all we see of the kid for this episode. Uh, yeah. Which I was a bit disappointed about because I wanted to know who this Werner von Braun is. But we go to the boardwalk. That's where Molly and Santiago have gone. And I found this part really fucking boring. Yeah. I find pretty much anything with Molly and Santiago Fairly boring. So very boring. They, it's it's very – it's beautiful colours. The scene's gorgeous. Big, beautiful carnival near Santa Monica Pier. Um, they're doing games and Tiago uh, wins her a Popeye toy. And mm-hmm. Very nice. But if very you think about sweet. it, if you think about the original Penny Dreadful, it was a big part of the story that any – romantic relationship was always doomed. Always doomed. So, But a lot of TV shows, relationships are always doomed. But in Penny Dreadful, it's like, no. Particularly, You yep. are cursed. Like, if yep. Malcolm had a relationship, she turned out to be, like, you know, the high priestess of witches. Or if yes. Vanessa had a, a relationship, he turned out yep. to be Dracula. Yep. Like, no one yep. could Which have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. So, and one thing that Santiago says, uh, he tells her about a time when he was a kid and he went to the boardwalk with his family and she said what happened to them and he says there was a cholera outbreak uh, and he said um, some people survived and some people didn't. So I'm not really sure. Was he saying that his dad died of cholera because we know that's not true? No, it was his sister and brother. He had another sister and another brother who died. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's ah. like, that was the best day of my life because we were all together and we were too broke to even bride on anything. We just right. went there and we just looked around and it was great. Okay, I missed that little bit. So there was yeah, other kids was in the, the family. Brother and sister. And while they're standing in the beautiful light, everything's gorgeous. Mm. The security guard is kind of like in the foreground eating some fairy floss, which I thought was hilarious. Um, yeah, which if you're American, fairy floss is – what do they call um, it in America? Cotton candy. Cotton candy. Cotton, and in cotton candy. The UK, they call it candy floss. Oh. <laughs> Ours is more camp. Definitely more camp. Yeah, fairy floss. Yeah, so camp. Fairy floss. That's a great drag name. So then um, um, Mrs. Branson forgets or doesn't go to her doctor's appointment 
for Frank's asthma, yeah. And so Dr. Kraft decides to go to her house, as you do. Yeah. And she opens the door. Flesh boy is on the and Flesh front boy is lawn. playing on the front lawn and he's crying. He's and, going, and he's like, is your mother okay? Flesh boy, <laughs> talk with your words, not your tears. <laughs> she's in the house, yeah. And so she opens the door and she's got blood and bruises on her face. And he's like, oh, my God. And she's been beat. Her face is beat. She's been beaten. She's got like a black eye and he comes in and he patches her up and she tells him how hard it is living with her abusive husband and that the Jewish kids pick on Frank at school. Oh, no. The Jews picking on a Nazi boy. How sad. So (laughs) Dr. Kraft is like obviously, well, Perfect. This chick is perfect for this new American oh, Nazi organization. He's in love. In love. And he invites them to his son's birthday party on the weekend. And we're going to presume that's the party that Maria mentioned. So Dr. Yes, Kraft kisses her. I'm very excited her. for the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dr. Kraft kisses her. And like in the original Penny Dreadful, he gets knocked back. <laughs> Because this actor no, just. Paul Frankenstein's creation. I know. Oh. He just like, every time he kisses someone, they're like, no. It's because he's got a vulnerable face. Mm. He's got a moon face like me. But she- I'm used to being rejected too. <laughs> Don't worry, moon face. <laughs> um, but she said she'll be at the party because um, it will be very yeah. nice. So it, it, it's not ended on a bad note. He walks out and yeah. he's got a little yeah. grin on his face yeah, and yeah. all is good. Which, you know, it's going to be a dramatic scene because um, the wife, his wife will be there. So I don't know Damn how that's right. going to go. I think a lot is going Damn to happen right. at this birthday party because... I'm really excited. Plus that boy with the, his son is mm-hmm. going to be like, why the fuck, Dad, did you bring... The weirdo weird flesh boy back. Mm-hmm. I the think, death boy. I think it'll be interesting to see if Maria can see her for her demon form because she can see her sister. Mm, clever. So, because they just Very, kept, they kept alluding to this birthday party. And wait, why like, would Maria be at the, the German dad kid's birthday party? Because she's their housekeeper. Oh, shit. Oh, so, I right. think, I think she's, she's going to get see. like. I think she, because she has like the sight. Oh, that's cool. So, it'll be interesting that's to see what cool. happens. Yeah. Okay, so, we cut back to Santa Monica Pier. It's sunset. It's very um, romantic. You guys, if you haven't seen this scene, you can just imagine it in your head and I can promise you that's what it would look like on the TV. This yep. is very looking, stereotypical. They're looking over the so water. She's resting her head like on his shoulder, I think, at one point. It's pretty – yep. it's very bad. They're talking about their childhood. It's very nice. And he kisses her and he says, in the sunset, and he says, this has been the second best day of his life. Yeah. Uh, And then then she's got her Popeye toy. She's like, I can't take him home. Oh, that's right. She says, you have to take the Popeye toy because otherwise Adelaide's going to know what she's been up to. Yeah. And she's like, make sure you feed him spinach. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so perfect. She is perfect. She's stunning, let's face it. But there's something suspicious. Yep. Okay. We cut back to this very dramatic scene. So this is kind of where the episode starts to get quite fun. Yeah. 
I was like, finally, they used the word cunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so now we're talking. Governor Townsend and Alex are having dinner with the two Nazis. So it's Mr. G- G- oh, my Lord, what was his name? Goss, Mr. Goss and his little so. young. His little Gestapo. Boy. Uh, boy who looks security who guy. looks like um Bill Skarsgård by the way I actually yes, did a double take because similar I was like fuck Bill's in this he's my favorite and um no it's not just a so, similar looking European man yeah yeah so Townsend asks them to assassinate Councilwoman Beck um and he kind yeah. of puts it over there as like a demand like as if yeah, he's he some big getting quite threatening guy yeah. And he's shut down pretty quickly by Mr. Goss and he's reminded that the balance of power lies with on their side and with the Nazi kind of element. Yeah, and he was, I quoted it here, he says, fucking do what you do, release your flying monkey and kill the bitch. And then he tells the German to fuck off, cunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And um, so he kind of ends up leaving. And, yeah, well, uh, the German says, you will either be on the outside or on the underside of our boot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we're, as the Nazis are marching down Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, because Hitler's going to rule for the next thousand years. Yeah. And so Alex, in the meantime, is pissed. She's so pissed. She's sitting there and she's, like, grinding her teeth and, oh, so Alex I don't runs. Care how old that character is, she's, she's fine. <laughs> so she kind of runs after Townsend, and he's getting in his car, and she says, "Hey, let's go out and get drunk and show him." Yeah, let's know. go spit in their face. Wah, wah, wah. She's and he's just he's like, and he oh, just, "Fuck, nah. I'm getting in my car." And he, he drives, drives off. off, and then, and then she like chucks a tanty, and then she's like storming down the concrete and a car, the camera passes a car and first second she's Alex and then the car passes over and she's this hot latex. She's her demon form, Magda. Yeah, and every window she passes, it smashes into a thousand pieces. Yeah, and it, it like, oh my God, I wish I could explodes. do that. <laughs> Imagine walking down Main Street Mornington in latex and all the windows popping. Oh. Uh, oh, the effect that would have. Yeah, but all the people that work in the cafes will get all cold. Well, maybe they can wear some jumpers. <laughs> maybe you Be can prepared. knit them one. <laughs> maybe they can buy my scarf some knitting. All right. So oh, now, now the fun scene. stuff this happens. Scene. So we go Woo! back to the Mexican quarter and Mateo is heading to a huge club called the Crimson yep. Cat which is a yep. swing venue with a really yep. diverse crowd. Did you notice how diverse the crowd oh, was? It's just, it was it – People was, of every culture were there. It was – yeah, the LGBTQ – There was people of colour. There was Asian, Asian people. people there there was are, yeah, Mexican everything. people, all sorts Women of people. Women wearing suits. Oh, yeah, and you could tell it was so like beautiful. it was very all encompassing of all sexualities as well, and um, yeah, it was. It, was, it, it was looked like great. such a fun, fun place, and everyone's swing dancing, and there's a live band. Yeah, and Mateo all of a sudden looks very out of place because he looks so conservative. 
and yeah. Flo freaking Rico is there and he's dancing. Oh, but that was the whole reason Mateo was out. Of course. Was, of yeah, course. hunting for Rico, but they make eye contact while yes. he's dancing with, at one point he's dancing with two with girls. two chicks. He looks once. exactly like Prince. Yes, in this scene, he, he looks does. like Prince. He's in in purple rain. His hair yes. was all like curly and wet, and he looked incredible. I and think he better dance now. Oh my god, it was so good. Yes, it was really so cool. Good. Um, the best, yeah, and we can. And Mateo is just looking at him like he's the best thing in the world. Oh he's, yeah, like you could. How his nipples were getting hard under that suit. <laughs> so Rico goes over to him and he kind of like opens his jacket, like opens Mateo's jacket, and he go and he and he calls him brother of my heart. Yeah. And he says, "I'm going to introduce you to the queen." The queen, bitch. Um, I just wanted to mention also. Um, I just wanted to clarify the word pachuco because this comes up a lot. I'm not even mentioning. I'm not going over. I, I because I don't know if they're slurs. I don't know if they're like different. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm not touching them. Well, just in case. It, according to Google, it's a young Mexican American having a taste for flashy clothes and a special um, jargon, usually and usually belonging to a neighborhood gang. Right. Yeah, in, I thought it was kind of gang-related. In this show, they definitely use the term as a source of pride. They're definitely yeah. using the term um, as if they've reclaimed it. Yes. Well, it's the same as, you know, the N-word. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. We we can't we can't use it, but people in, you know, African-American communities mm. have reclaimed it. Yeah. Like, Listen to Kendrick Lamar. He's like, they've reclaimed that word. It's now a word of power for them. Mm-hmm. So, but if we went, you know, yeah, completely gone. Well, if I've just dug my own grave, mm. I will accept it later. But um, I'm right. definitely, definitely open for to be educated. So, um, so he takes his hand and they do a little skimmy across the floor. They do a little groove and yep. then he walks. Mateo over to my future wife. <laughs> I wheeled. She to, okay, so I think she's I just kind of like, gasped. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. I could not deal with it. So picture she's got the she's basically got the same suit as Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal. Oh yeah. And then she's got like a like a but dark it's like- red. Red, dark red pants, a cream-coloured shirt, shirt, and she's got suspenders over her shoulders and this beautiful wide-brimmed flat hat. Yeah. And she just, you can't see who it is. But, like, this smoky eye and thick eyeliner and beautiful red lips and her hair's brown and, like, finger wave type thing. It's like a dark red with a finger wave, and she looks very much like, she looked very much like um, I can only equate it to what I know of, like Victorian women of say thirty yeah. years previous who would wear men's trousers and short yeah. hair, and it was very much. Um, it was implied they were, that they she were was... frowned upon because it, yes. it, it, it was implied that she was a lesbian. Yeah, it's, it was very much implied that she was gay in this. Yeah. Scene. 
And um, holy shit. Oh, she's my beautiful. goodness. She's absolutely stunning. She's, she's got these dark, dark brown contacts. Absolute high five to yeah. the makeup and, and hair team. Yeah. Absolutely Just stunning. the women in the suits in the scene, like, mm-hmm. it was so nice. Yep. And you tracked some of them down been, on yeah. um, Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, I followed them. I found the ladies in yeah. the suit. Cool. Yeah, I followed them. But, um, no, because I was waiting this it took to episode three to be like, there's no, everyone's straight. Every, like, you know, all the women are these feminine, mm-hmm. beautiful girls who are, after, you know, just want, just want a man to rescue them. I had and then a you come into the scene and it's like, these chicks are in suits. They're fucking dancing. There's yep. guys dancing with each other. Everyone's like, oh, I like, yeah. Diversity was, and inclusion and and yep. uh, I, I think it just it just gave it to us 110%. I want to know if Rico is another one of Magda's flesh children. I thought about it, yeah. potentially. Mm. But then again. Because her name is Rio. Probably not because Rico. he spoke to the cops. And the cops knew his history. And the whole neighbourhood knew his history. Yeah, but all of her characters are well known. By, by the community. Little Frank is known. Mm. Rico's known. I mean, this, this demon that's is... That's a good point. This demon is quite powerful. Yeah, that's a really... Um, so I that's... thought about it for a second, mm. but now I'm thinking about it for a few more seconds. Mm. you got a good point. So then the club um, gets so... raided. No, but they do a huge dance and it's so good. Oh, yes. They do a really awesome dance montage. It's just so, so good. God, everyone is dancing. It's so great. I I want to go to that club so bad. Same. (laughs) Yeah. It made isolation feel even worse. Yeah. Anyway, the club (laughs) gets raided and a group of cops is headed up by the top racist cop. Who makes and they're up super homophobic. Super homophobic. They're calling her a dyke. They're calling them faggots. It's all homophobic slurs and bullshit and, he, and bullshit. T- and he makes up this law about curfew. Yeah, yeah. The um, curfew started 15 minutes ago. And then something happens that just made me laugh out loud. She just punches him in the face and runs away laughing. Yeah. <laughs> She's a tip. She, she can punch me in the face anytime she wants. So then we've got a very short scene where um, – Molly's. Oh yeah, this was weird. Mother. So Molly is coming home in the dark, and Adelaide she's sneaking back. She's sneaking she's back, sneaking back to her bedroom like a little teenage girl. Yep, and Adelaide is just sitting in the dark, and she just turns on the lamp and recites the Popeye song. Yeah, Popeye to let her know song. where she knows that where she Molly's knows. been, and then she just turns off the light. <laughs> And then she just turns – so she's literally – picture this. She's literally, like, sitting in a corner of a dark room because it's in the corner. It's even more dark. And she, she turns on this little bedside table thing light and starts singing Popeye. And then she she turns the light off and Molly's kind of like, the fuck, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's a really weird scene. I thought it was funny as hell. Like, uh, what I a, just – no. I, I, what I a horrible her. woman. She's awful. I'm going to do that to everyone now. Uh, I'm going to hide in strangers' houses, turn the lights on, start singing Popeye, and then turn the lights off. And be like, <laughs> Let that play with your head. That's going to be a <laughs> trauma in the next few years. Um, so okay, then, we cut to my my wife. She's smoking a dart. 
with Mateo. Yep. And she's um, looking good on those barrels. She they're um, hanging out in an alleyway and they're talking about taking that back their power. Yep. Um Rio calls Rico brother at one point and he calls her Mamita, which apparently is used between people in a serious relationship. Mm. And Rio I, I says, think Rico Rio 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 is is, is probably like Dorma. a bit bi. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, I was going to say there's definitely STDs. There's definitely <laughs> sexual tension. <laughs> Probably STDs too. Yeah. Rio says, yeah, the but cops... she's like, she's she's warming them up, and she's like, we have to fight for our skin color. We have to fight for our queerness. We have to fight mm-hmm. for our homes and our families. And Mateo is like welling up in the eyes, and he's getting really like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna fuck the cops, fuck the police, you know. And, and she says that the uh, the cops slash their clothing. Uh, to make them less pachuco, but that she would still be if she was naked. Yeah. Um, And she says that they are everything the cops fear, including being queer, which when I heard her say that, I I was not sure that that term had been reclaimed back then, but I definitely would like to open up that conversation. I think the queer community um, had reclaimed it. Okay. I, because I, it was a it was a slur for non queer people to call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gay people I, queer, I just, but I think then I didn't think that the word like queer culture had been kind of really used until maybe the nineties or. No, I think like the within the deep kind of. I'll have to look into that. Or if you could look people. into that, that would be awesome. Yeah, I can do that. And we also I don't learn, know about. We also learned that, yeah, well, exactly, because that's why I was like, oh, isn't that still, like, an insult back then? It was still illegal. Yeah, that's true. So we also, we also learned that Rio is Spanish, but she was born in Mexico. Yeah. Rico tells Mateo about a man he had met called Papa Pachuco who gave him the cross yeah. tattoo on his hand. The yeah. Way, the way he holds his hand, it's it's an inverted cross, so it's like upside down. Yeah. And then he says to Rio, we need to get Mateo fly. Yes, and I got really excited. I thought they were going to give him the makeover, but turns out they're just giving him a tattoo. Yeah, I thought they, would get, cool. they might give him the full makeover. I would love that. Yeah, I wanted them to go, like, through the streets and, like, going into dress shops and putting on cool suits. <laughs> I was really excited. And I'm like, he's getting a cross tattoo. That's the most basic bitch tattoo to get. Yeah, but back Next then. Next, he's going to get an infinity sign. <laughs> and a like win, a a win infinity friend, Friendship uh, infinity yeah. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then Luis Santiago um, meet for a drink in a bar and Luis tells him he's got to go f- away for a few days to bury Anton because Anton doesn't have anyone. And he also drops a bombshell that he's found out that Molly was in fact dating Hasland in secret. So you yeah. were right. If he, if this was is I? true, you were like, oh, she's totally, you know, horny. And she's – oh, we she's had this horny. big discussion about and I was like, nah – I don't think so. Yeah, she's a sexual little deviant in the sheets and she's a little angel on the street. So it turns out that Hasland had a secret beach house that he bought using church funds because that was how he was able to hide it. 
and so yeah. that his family and Adelaide don't find out. But I still feel like how, if she's not allowed on a date, how is she going to have a whole affair? I don't know. The church is huge. I guess. But, like, if she's going place. to a big beach house, like. Well, may, well I'm thinking maybe the mum, Adelaide, is all for her sleeping around with wealthy men who can provide for the church, whereas her True. sleeping with a, a Mexican cop, that's yeah. a whole other fucking thing, who's that, investigating yeah. the you know, the that, actual friggin' case. That's absolutely true. Tiago is not very happy about this because obviously he's falling for this chick Molly. And, yeah, his um, heart is breaking. His we heart can is all breaking and he says, I don't believe it. And then Lewis says, uh, je la femme, which means apparently um, if there's a drama, look for the woman behind it. Of course. Because <laughs> we are the drama starters, aren't we? The drama Even starters. Even though all our massive failing politicians are all male and world leaders who start wars are all men. Yeah, no, the women. Yeah. So the last scene. And and Lewis also says it's a wicked old world. Yes, he does. Yes. I agree. Um, okay, now this last scene was great. So it, it it once again, like the last episode, it it ended in a sh- sequence of short scenes. Can I explain this? Go for Montage. it. Montage? Yes. Fuck yeah. Okay. So it cuts <laughs> to Tiago's room. He's sitting on the ground looking through all the files of the, the church family. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Lewis is in his home and he's researching more Nazi shit. And he's looking we, at his friend we, Anton like in a yes, picture. In a picture. Then we scoot over back to the church. And meanwhile, there's a song playing over the, the top of all of this. Mm. Um, and the church mother is, is she's got her hands pressed against Molly's bedroom door, and it looks like she's singing the Popeye song, but she's singing it real loud, which I thought was yeah, fucking great. She's like an absolute maniac. Yeah, she's like pressed against the door, singing Popeye, and Molly's on the other side of the door having a little cry. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see the governor. <laughs> and this is uh, I just fucking live for I, <laughs> he, he's he going a little bit car. george michael <laughs> he, yeah he's feeling his oats and he walks over to this hot guy and um gives him a blowjob which i did not see at all you were surprised that was the thing i was surprised <laughs> i thought i don't know what i i'm like where is he going why is he going to like a public bathroom and i'm like what's happening why is he undoing this guy's bare chest why is he filling his abs and then I'm like oh he gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then we pan back to my wife and she's with Rio and they're getting Mateo tattooed with that little bitchy tattoo and then we cut back to Diego and he's 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 looking at all the case files on the floor of the murder and it pans back up to Popeye, who's sitting on the shelf, and mm-hmm. a tear runs down his face. He's, and and it's he so just, dramatic. He just looked really destroyed, didn't he? He's like, my dream church, God-loving, and God-fearing blonde babe was fucking the victim in my murder case, and we shared a kiss, and that's basically losing your virginity. At sunset, Esther. Don't forget the sunset. On the sunset... He spent two pennies on a Popeye doll. How dare she? Yep. How dare she mm-hmm. be free with her sexuality? How dare she? How dare she? She 
acknowledge her horniness. <laughs> At the end of the day, the women win. Um, <laughs> Diego. <laughs> well. Yep, that's it. If, if anyone wins, I don't think it's Molly because she seems to be <sighs> pretty unhappy. Yeah, but she'll, she'll, get, she'll get her own. Mm. She'll get her own. You can't go around looking like that and not being true. Not being a little bit powerful. True, yeah. true. She's got a whole fucking cult after her. She I think she should, should just. I think she should just start her own church. That's all yeah, she needs to I, do. I think she should lock her mother in a well or something. <laughs> so then that was the you end know. of the episode. Um, yeah. So I really like this episode just... actually, even though we didn't get to see Santa Morte, who's my favorite. Um, I, I enjoyed <laughs> this episode. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. I look, I loved um, the ladies. Yep. And um, it was really nice. Um, I was looking on, like, the hashtags, like the Penny Dreadful City of Angels hashtags, mm. and there's this chick that's been doing cosplay, uh, and she's done, like, a Rio, Ooh. like, a full Rio um, wig, suit, everything. Oh, cosplay. Yeah. I thought you said pod play, and I'm like, is that a new type of pod- podcast? Cosplay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and she um she dressed up like her, and she she looked exact. It was just it was really cool. I think in America they get the episodes like a week or two before us, which sucks. Yeah, I think they do too. Yeah. Anyway, I've seen some new characters. So anyway, that was the episode. Thanks again, kids. Yeah, thanks everyone from list for listening, and um, let we'll, us know if anyone's even listening. <laughs> yes, please do. Just give us a. This takes us a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah, we spend a lot of time doing this. Yeah, so it'd be cool if it wasn't just us re-listening to us recording. (laughs) Yeah, although I I must say I have been kind of disappointed with the uh, marketing that this show has had, which is zero. Yeah, shit. Considering the cast and considering the budget. I'm very, yeah. very surprised um, that it hasn't had more. Yeah, I agree. It really hasn't had a I great agree. deal whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. A- anyway, guys, until next week, uh, we'll come back next week and we'll discuss episode four. So Yahoo. be there and we'll see you then. Or be square. Or be Can't square. wait. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye.